It's a Wednesday, and as we always do, we visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. We're brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. Doctors Bayes, Crane, and Wolf, the doctors at Blue Tail Medical Group can help you stay in the game. Before surgery, if you're lined up to get surgery, make sure you have a consultation with them. It's the body's ability to heal itself, and they'll be able to do that for you. Located in Chesterfield, see more at bluetailmedicalgroup.com. The St. Louis Cardinals have won 17 in a row, and by doing that, they are headed to postseason play. And Brian Walton, uh, this has been just an amazing run. It's it's just been incredible. How you doing? I'm doing great, Dan, and it's certainly a lot more fun to talk when the Major League team is winning games and has punched their playoff ticket again for the third year in a row under manager Mike Schilt. And this is something that I think all of us felt was an unlikely possibility as recently as a month ago. And it's just been tremendous to see how the entire team has come together, all aspects of the game, the offense, the pitching, the bullpen, you know, it stopped all the free passes. The Cardinals are getting ahead in games and the guys that they brought in midseason that, you know, a lot of us thought were stopgap guys like Hap and Lester have become strong contributors down the stretch. It's been amazing. And I want to ask you about Mike Schilt. When you were watching him manage in the minor leagues, I've always said he's he was kind of a riverboat gambler. I mean, he he would take chances, and uh, and to his credit, he stayed the course, didn't he, this year? And 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 making sure that you know, I know fans at times wanted him to get upset when the team wasn't doing well, and and project that uh, you know in some of the post game press conferences and whatnot. But he didn't do that, and he stayed the course. So you you got to give him a lot of credit for what he's been able to do. Uh, you're you're right, Dan, and I think that folks have to remember. You know, it's unfortunate that that um, that Randy Rosarena, you know, shared that video of of Mike Schild in the clubhouse a couple years back. But the point is, you know, how a manager conducts himself with the press uh, and with the public is different than what he might do behind closed doors. And I know Mike Schild well enough to know that when butts need to be kicked, he did, but he just chose not to do it in front of you and me in the world. So I think that he needed to keep that calm. Um, you know, we're staying on path demeanor because, you know, taking down people in public never ends up positively uh, either for the player or, or for the manager in that matter. And he remained professional during some very difficult times as those loose streaks and that long stretch of playing 500 balls. So, you know, I think she deserves a lot of credit for you know, keeping the, the ship on course. You mentioned Randy Arozarena, and it was about this time last year he was starting to catch fire for Tampa Bay. And there was a lot of heat on the front office. And the front office went into this year and said, look, we're going to find out about Tyler O'Neill. We're going to find out about Harrison Bader. We think we know what we have in the 22-year-old Dylan Carlson. But uh, you got to give the front office credit, too, for sticking with that projection of outfielders that could, in their minds, produce. And boy, have they ever. Yeah, you know, and it's take, it's taken a while for Tyler O'Neill to come through, but I mean, remember the Fuhrer, Marco Gonzalez, the, the player that the Cardinals gave to the Mariners for Tyler O'Neill, uh, was a top left-handed pitcher. And, you know, and to his credit, he's been well for Seattle. But if you look at what we've seen from Tyler O'Neill in the last month or so, and if he can keep that up over a longer haul, this is going to be a trade that the Cardinals will definitely win. I mean, he's slotted now into that third spot, all very important third spot in the lineup between Goldschmidt and Arnado, and he's just playing with great confidence right now. And, and both he and Harrison Bader are laying off those pitches, you know, low and outside that they used to chase in the past. And as a result, the Cardinals outfield, which was looked like a weakness for much of the year, early part of the year, now has become a major strength. No question about it. Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. 
does an amazing job covering the minor leagues. And there was some news in terms of the players that are now headed to the Arizona Fall League. We've had our visits in trying to figure out, well, who's going to go to the Arizona Fall League? And we hadn't heard anything, but there's some pretty big names going to the Arizona Fall League from the Cardinals. Yeah, this is an interesting year in that the schedules and the rosters have been announced very, very late. We're only two weeks away from the start of the Arizona Fall League. It starts, in fact, two weeks from today on Wednesday, uh, October 13th. And by the way, I'll be there for the opener in that that first week of the, uh, the schedule. But in terms of the the roster that the Cardinals are providing for the Glendale Desert Dogs, I think the 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 most interesting players certainly Jordan Hicks, who we know what he can do on the mound when he's healthy, but he's now to the point where he's ready to pitch. And while he can do some rehab work in Memphis, this is going to be an extension of opportunity for him in the fall. Uh, we don't know yet whether he's going to close or whether he'll just throw an inning here and there. But it's an important step for Hicks to show that he can be healthy to pre- and prepare for the 2022 season. So Jordan Hicks will be in the Arizona Fall League. And then, of course, uh, the top hitting prospect in the, in the organization, Nolan Gorman. So we'll get another chance to see uh, him play some second base against some advanced competition, most likely, and prepare his bat to come to camp to compete for a job with St. Louis. Um, Juan Yepes, the young man that we talked so much about this year, uh, corner infielder, but also can play some corner outfielder, a nice power bat, uh, a guy that could definitely compete for a bench spot next season. Of course, Lars Newtbar, the outfielder that we've seen, seen play so well for St. Louis, play uh, you know with great emotion, but you know relatively limited in experience. Newtbar doesn't have a long AAA resume, so another way for him to get more at-bats and see, for the Cardinals to see what they have in And then the other position player, Brendan Donovan, uh, an infielder who has shown great power, uh, earned a couple of promotions this year. Is number 17 on our prospect list. And Brendan Donovan is another guy who can play um, a number of positions, including potentially shortstop. I think he plays some shortstop now for Memphis. And if he could play short, that would be an interesting guy to keep an eye on for the future. Um, on the pitching side, Zach Thompson, the left-hander, has kind of had an up-and-down season, but it's good to see that he's going to continue to pitch and continue to put more innings on his arm, gain more experience against advanced competition. And then Andre Ponte a right-hander that the Cardinals drafted uh, two years ago, is uh, was having a very, very good season for Springfield, uh, was part of that COVID group, uh, missed multiple weeks, but came back and earned a promotion to Memphis late in the season. So, uh, And then, and then uh, Jake Walsh, who's a right-hander who uh, has pitched very, very well in relief this year, but again, he had an injury and missed multiple months. So he's a guy kind of like Hicks, Walsh I'm talking about, that was, was – um, slowed by injury this year and can use the Arizona Fall League to to uh, you know build his innings back up and again potentially compete for a job in the St. Louis Pen next year. The Hicks thing is interesting to me. John Mosellock has said that uh, they're looking at him potentially being a starter next year. So how do you think he gets used in the Arizona Fall League? Well, you know, they're going to be slow to ramp up his innings, I would suspect. It would, you know, maybe by the end of the Arizona Fall League he might be throwing two innings or something like that. Um you know, I'm a little skeptical whether Hicks can handle a starter's workload, but I think maybe what's behind that is to get him to better fully develop and utilize his multiple weapons because it's very tempting when you're a reliever and you come into a tough situation to throw that 103-mile-an-hour gas and not risk, you know, the breaking pitches that, that uh, may or may not hit the plate. So whether Hicks will be a starter long-term you know, I don't know, but I like the idea of him becoming a more complete pitcher than a guy who just throws the ball very, very hard. For people that uh, are curious, and Brian Walton is our guest, uh, about the Arizona Fall League, 
and they're part of the Desert Dogs. Explain how this works and the players that are available to go and compete in this league. Yeah, that's it. I guess we'll start with a quick math lesson, Dan. There are 30 major league teams, and in the Arizona Fall League, they're broken up into groups of five, so that makes up six separate teams. And the Cardinals are part of a a group that is headquartered in the uh, White Sox Dodgers camp in Glendale, and that team consists of players from the Cardinals, the White Sox, the Astros, the Angels, and the Dodgers. So those six organizations sit down and say, okay, we've got to build a complete roster. We're each going to send seven or eight players down to the Arizona Fall League. So let's make sure every organization sends four pitchers, at least one starter, uh, that we have the right number of catchers, that we have enough infielders, we have enough outfielders to be a complete team. So, for example, this year the Cardinals aren't sending a catcher, but they're sending a couple of infielders uh, and one outfielder uh, as well. So the idea is to make sure that these organizations put together a complete roster. And a guy like Newport, you know, rarely, not, not, you know, super rarely, but it's a little bit unusual to see guys with major league experience. We know why, why Hicks is there. Newton is just, again, he advanced so quickly. I think they want to get him more at bats, but if St. Louis is still in the playoffs, you know, it wouldn't be surprising to see Lars Newtbar pulled from the AFL and kept on the Cardinals playoff roster. And then they substitute somebody else. Um, it's not unusual for players to either come in or and out of the Arizona Fall League roster during the 30-game schedule. Um, the schedule starts, as I said, on October 13th. They play six games a week for uh, five weeks, so they end uh, right before um, Thanksgiving. What do you think the next step will be for Nolan Gorman and Matthew Liberatore, their offseason, and, and what do you think the expectations might be going into 2022? Well, Matthew Libertor has thrown a lot of innings this season, so I imagine the Cardinals will have him rest up. I, I don't, I'd be surprised if he played winter ball. I mean, it wouldn't be out of the question, but, you know, it could be that given he's and, – and we've talked in uh, recent calls about the fact that Libertor now regularly is pitching seven, you know, seven innings in a game. So he's, you know, definitely stretched out as a starter and a guy that, you know, will come to camp and, you know, maybe make some noise next spring. Gorman, you know, he's, again, slated to play here in the Arizona Fall League, so that will keep him playing ball until – uh, mid-November, I imagine he'll go home and, and rest a little bit, but keep on working on his infield defense. And of course, you know his bat, Nolan Gorman's bat, will determine whether he's ready to start next season with St. Louis or whether he has to go back to AAA for a while. But I don't think there's any doubt that we're going to see both those players playing for the 2022 St. Louis Cardinals, if not on opening day, certainly in the first half of the season. And finally, at this time of year, normally it's the call-ups and the minor league season is over, but that is not the case with Memphis. They'll wrap it up this weekend. How have they been faring uh, in the final couple of weeks here of, of their uh, postseason, if you will, or just finishing up the season at the uh, AAA level? Well, they had a first series. Uh, the way this works, they, they created a tournament um, basically a postseason-like tournament of two weeks of five games each. Uh, Memphis played Birmingham the first week. I think they, they lost four or five. Um, and then they play again. They're playing again this week, and then the AAA season ends. And that was designed, I think, to keep uh, players ready to restock the major league teams if necessary. And the other thing that happened is that they decided after minor league baseball said they weren't going to have playoffs I think as the COVID situation improved, they went ahead and had uh, five-game playoffs in all of the other full-season leagues. So I'm talking about AA, uh, High A, and Class A. They took the two best teams in terms of their winning records, uh, regardless of their division, and had them play for a championship. So there will be titles at those lower levels. Uh, but as we discussed on earlier calls, 
the Cardinals minor league teams uh, were basically cellar dwellers this year. So Springfield, Peoria, Palm Beach would not, you know, did not make those postseasons. And then uh, finally, Brian, what are you working on at thecardinalnation.com? Well, we um, just started our series where we recap the, the details of the seasons at each of the minor league levels. So uh, the Palm Beach, uh, the, the low class A, uh, a summary of the season is posted, and that's free for everybody to read. This morning, uh, the Peoria one will come up, and there's a whole schedule on the site of these articles of not only the top teams, but then we'll get into the best starting pitchers, relief pitchers, and hitters at each of the minor league levels, and that will be continuing for the next uh, four weeks. Awesome stuff as always, Brian. Thank you so much. We'll catch up soon. Take care, Dan.